because he is the most cynical about this film. I'm not cynical about this You've film. You've said many cynical right. things. So... BMX Bandits, 1983, which got 5.4 stars on IMDb. Don't you love my introduction? You didn't even see my lips move. <laughs> I was it giving you an introduction to your introduction. I'm helping. Why are you giving me an introduction? So, so it got less than Felicity and Center Spread? Yes. Wasn't it 5.3? I thought Felicity and Center Spread were 5.3 and 5.1. Oh, okay. Russian judge Mark's heart. I don't know. They were, it was close. Basically, it, This it, is not it something is, we need to immediately... It is akin to the same level. BMX Bandits. It's a kids' film. It's very much aimed at the younger kids. And in <laughs> fact, it was a film of a style that was often done in mini series or after school show form in sort of small. I can remember that style of, you know, kids find something. Get involved with bumbling. Yeah, there's always a cove, isn't there? Yep. It's like the Hardy kids would always find a cove. Mm-hmm. We had Hardy <coughs> Boys, we had the Fantastic Five, to a certain extent Goonies, and it's always the same thing. Kids find something that's in a lead of criminalness and have wacky hijinks in shoe. Quentin Tarantino called this the Australian Goonies. Many people have done that, apparently. It makes sense. I actually, I must admit, I was tagging Goonies all the way through in my head. I'm you thinking, wow, my this Secret is Valley. just nowhere near as good as Goonies. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, how much of the it's not like Goonies, I like Goonies more than I like this movie? And look, and I totally recognise that. And we've said before that we need to mark these movies and consider these movies in the time frame and the, the era in which they were created. And also that there'll be a nostalgia factor of people who've watched this. But I still maintain you can go and watch Goonies today and enjoy it cold. I'm not so sure you could do that with this, I think. I don't know. I see them as kind of equal. Wow, really? Yeah. I think coming in cold, wow. watching this, watching BMX Bandits or watching Goonies, I might even like BMX Bandits more. <gasps> yeah, the only thing slightly alienating about this is the BMX obsession, which not as many people have anymore. But You didn't think the acting was stilted, the editing wasn't great, the music wasn't fantastic, the sets weren't really particularly good and the filmmaking wasn't the best? In comparison to Goonies? But uh, I'm <laughs> trying to think of bad sets. Well, no, actually, they just that's true. Use, they just yeah. used yeah. right. okay. Sydney and up. northern right. beaches. And, I, I mean, they, they were a I couple of sound stages, yeah. but there was nothing. Because this movie was meant to be um, made in Melbourne. Ah, no, that actually does make sense, because I remember thinking it wasn't a very Sydney, Sydney film. In fact, it had none of the initial landmarks you would expect. There was no Harbour Bridge. No, it was mainly in the Northern Beaches. There was no centre point. In fact, I'd almost suggest that they would have had to work quite hard to prevent things like centre point tower and curves of the Harbour Bridge and so on make appearances in the film. Not if you're a long distance from it. It's pretty easy then. Well, no, 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 but I mean, you you can still see those points of the skyline because it's the skyline quite easily. So you would need to at least be aware of them and to not put it... I mean, it's a a little bit like an 80s movie from set in New York that didn't have the World Trade Centre in it, you know, even as a kind of a long shot establishing. Most of them now. A 1980s movie. So that's my bad. Wow. Do you just want to go there? Let's just let that drop there, shall we? Let's not go there. Let's move on. All right. Or if you were setting a movie in San Fran and you didn't have the Golden Gate Bridge, even though you might not be anywhere near the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. So, yeah, it was actually quite a neutral film in that respect. But I don't know. I just... I just... I wonder how much of, of it is nostalgia because I just can't imagine sitting my nieces down to this and then oh, getting... Oh, that's a great test. We should do it. Yeah. 
All right. See how modern kids right. face up to this. Let's have the kids around. Why am I saying this aloud? Let's have the kids around. We'll have the kids around. And they are f- five and seven. Is that right? Five Four and, and seven. seven. Five and seven. Five. Yeah, five and eight this year, I think. That sounds like a that sounds like around the target age because yeah, so well five might be a bit too young to sit down for eighty eight minutes and watch this. Because the other thing about this movie is that it is very much two large bike chase scenes with a very tenuous plot linking them together. And I didn't actually go back. Unfortunately, what I wanted to do was go back and time the big chase. Oh, I thought you were going to say contrast the. time length of the film with the time length of just all the chase scenes. Well, not so much. But yeah, there's a lot of that. And I did actually... I, I must. Oh, admit, my God, it's the BMX bullet. <laughs> well, no, actually, it's really funny you should say that because it made me think of an American movie called Gone in 60 Seconds, the original Gone in 60 Seconds from the 1970s, yeah. which was famous for basically just being a really major low-budget car chase. Isn't that what Bullet was? Like, wasn't Bullet the longest car chase? No, uh, Gone in 60 Seconds. <laughs> the film has been introduced. Three kids... Well, all three of them are BMXers, only we, we only learn that one of them is a BMXer because she finally gets a bike after losing her day job. This is the thing. All the promos say two BMXers and their friends. Oh, that really, really? bugged me because wow. she's totally awesome. Like, they watch her do stunts. They're, the boys just say, you go do your thing. She, she is in no way... She is in no way lesser, uh, less of a BMXer yeah, she than. She doesn't them. have a BMX at the start, but once she gets exactly. one, she's right up there with them. Mm. Yeah, she's amazing. Well, okay, the eighteen-year-old boy wearing a wig as her stunt double is amazing. But Nicole Kidman did learn to BMX for this movie. Okay, trailer. <laughs> Serious trip over those trolleys. It must be a dummy. They're wild in the streets in a high flying ride. It sounds like they're going to say, and wild between the sheets. Yeah, really does. Furious fun. Fast and furious fun. Fast. Amazing credits. You remember they actually used to rate films, G? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yes. yes. Do you remember that they used to rate films and not warn you about anything that was going to happen because it was a film? They didn't oh. warn you that there might be themes. Themes. <laughs> or... Themes is the worst. Like, but they say like supernatural things. When do we start? We didn't have labeling... it back in our day, damn it. When... I do no, remember right. it started, and while it was amusing seeing what was worthy of making the cover, but. Yes. Actually, that could almost make an interesting... Why do we have to make a warning about something that doesn't exist? Oh, ghosts. Wow. (laughs) Anyway. No, as you say, that could make an interesting little mini-sode if we ever decide we want to do that sometime. It's a discussion of the censorship and rating systems in parallel with Mm. Ausploitation because Mm. there was a lot of crossover in in the way that ratings were kind of generated in Australia. I think David Stratton's going to be at the NFSA soon. Oh, that'd be really cool. Very much a champion of the X rating in Australia and letting adults see what adults wanted to see, even if he personally thought that it was truly terrible. (coughs) Take a shoot. Oh, my God. (laughs) So this BMX Bandits was originally going to be done with a different director and nine-year-old kids. And that didn't get funded. Things got changed around. Then it was going to be with teenagers and... Brian Trenchard-Smith. Brian Trenchard-Smith. That's a name I'm surprised we haven't heard much on this show. Yeah. Was hired because the producers or whatever liked his work on Turkey Shoot. 
Could you be further between Turkey Shoot and the sweet, innocent little BMX bandits? If if you haven't gotten around to it, and we will probably get around to it on this show. Oh, absolutely. Turkey Shoot is famously one of those movies where they would have spent more down the local butcher shop than they did on screenwriters <laughs> yeah. or camera work. Imagine... Bad taste and brain dead without any of the carefulness, without any of the the good storyline or plot or yeah. Um, I mean we ha- I haven't seen them yet, so I can't sort of you know cast them too much. But yeah, we are talking. Some so you haven't seen all. Turkey Shoot, but okay, you uh, haven't seen Turkey Shoot. I haven't seen Turkey Shoot, but I right. I'm, yeah, I'm familiar with. So that's the, the just genre. that's what you've it's, what you've heard. Of course, what? you're familiar with the genre. You have a fucking podcast <laughs> on it. I mean, I'm familiar with that particular style, what we would call these days, well, yeah, but slasher fix. And I mean, the big one that's overtaken them these days is torture porn and that kind of stuff. Just, you know, Mm -hmm. all about the reaction. Anyway, so yeah, so apparently his work on that and. Yeah. (laughs) Someone thought, that's great. You should work with kids. Let's work with kids. (laughs) So Nicole Kipper was 16 when she did this movie. She worked on five projects in 1983. One was a music video, one was a television movie, and the other three were feature films. Yeah, This officially her Here's first ever feature film. So she hit the ground running. Didn't she? Or cycling. Ah. <laughs> now, I want to just point out one thing very oh, quickly. Oh, yes, what are you trying to point out to me? Well, we're talking about the skylight. Oh, right. So one of the actual promo photos That's the on the back Tower. of the That's is Centrepoint Tower. So like there I said, it's quite interesting that they chose Sydney and then chose specifically to not do any but imagine how great it would have been if it was in Melbourne. <laughs> oh, God, it would have been terrible. Oh, so interesting. Your copy is a different rating to mine. Um, it's been beefed up to PG by mine. Oh, has it? Yeah. Wow. Oh, really? This is the 2010 release, I think. We got it a very long time ago. I think it was around $10 for this DVD, which is it's currently on SBS On Demand, or you can get it on iTunes for 18 bucks. Oh. Or our wonderful friends at Umbrella have released the special Blu-ray version yes. with director's commentary and a whole bunch of additional features, which unfortunately I couldn't get my hands on, so I don't have the director's commentary in my head on this one. Yes, yeah, so I did. You what oh, version yes. did you see? Oh, you've got oh, so you've watched, watched the Blu-ray. Yes. Oh, good. You've watched, watched the director's commentary. The We're dying extras. to know what you're thinking. Yeah, because we we had some very interesting questions we would have loved to pose to the director's commentary. So yeah, so basically, three kids get into some wacky hijinks. Go trying to get quick money, and one of the ways they get quick money when you're in Sydney is to go out into the harbour and try to scrape up oysters to sell, and they find what they think is a crab pot, which then turns out to have a couple of, oh, sorry, a few high-tech walkie-talkies. Giant walkie-talkies. Giant walkie-talkies that have got special coding to let them use the police band. They can hear the police, but the police can't hear them in theory. Mm. Mm. After they've... Well, it works backwards. Yes. Well, actually, no, because the... Uh, when we first get introduced to the concept of the walkie-talkies... Oh, okay, so this starts with... Um, so this is one of the first big parallels with Goonies, what you're about to say. Is it? Yeah. I know what you're about to say, and it's one of the first big parallels with Goonies. That there's, uh, like, four or five blokes in the back of a van with masks and shotguns. That there's a high See, tempo. I was going to say that's a parallel with Fortress. Yeah. Ah. Oh, sorry, yes, the very specifics of the van. Yes. But I was going to say that the heist happening at the same time as we're being introduced to the kids is absolutely a Goonies thing because Goonies opens with the prison break but you then get introduced to it to the kids oh, in yep, turn yep, as the yep. prison break occurs. So to have those two kind of running in parallel to each other is... When did Goonies come out? Uh, 84, he said, maybe. 
Actually, that's a really good question. So, is it really, that Goonies is the American BMX Bandit. Ooh. No, the American BMX Bandit is called Rad. Oh yeah, I, I saw that. <laughs> the fact that it was called Rad was. Oh, is is there anything more eighties than titling your Actually... kids' BMX movie Rad? He's going for it all. Rad. Yeah, so Goonies came out in 85. That's, That's two years later. That's really interesting because there are some very specific parallels that I could actually think, and there's a couple of points through the film where you can almost marry One of the other ones is the water slide, but we'll get to that. So we're introduced to a gang. Uh, who go in and rob a bank. They get like $100,000. Wow, <laughs> good work. Fellas, yeah, they're, they're uh, wearing wearing costume masks. So, oh, oh, they did a sound off in the van. So they've all put their little piggy masks on, and then it goes around and they make different pig noises. I'm just like, is this how you're going to identify each other instead of using names? Sound, I don't know. Sound is one of those things I'm going to have issues with on this film because. Oh my god, the fat shaming music. Oh, for um. Do you know he's credited as Fat Kid? Many would have been back in the day, I would imagine. Oh. Fat, kid, thought, fat man. Yeah. Does he actually have a name? There are very few characters in this have names. So we've got the three kids. I think they do call him something at one point. I can't remember what it was. And of the villains, we have David Argue with the dyed blonde hair. He's called Blondie. And he actually gets two names because he actually gets his real name spat at him. Oh, he did? It's Wayne. Ah, cool. Wayne or Dwayne? I thought it was Dwayne. I thought it was Dwayne. Dwayne. Dwayne with a D. Yeah, Yeah, you both thought Dwayne. But the other bloke was just called Mustache, who was credited as Mustache. Yeah. Where's nominative determinism for you? Yeah. At least he got credited. The other, like, three of the gang members ceased to exist at all because, yeah. Well, there were six to begin with, including including the leader of the pack. Including the guy Richie Wannabe. Yeah. <laughs> so they pull off a successful bank heist and manage to nab 100000 in total. And they give the money, all the money, to their mob boss who drives a Jag. Um, uh, sorry. Uh, sorry, this, not the mob this boss, the gang boss. Top, yeah. uh, and then a little later on, they're sitting in a warehouse and the boss turns up, pays them all their cut, which was... Uh, 15%. 15%, uh, which came to... 15000 15000 each. No, 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 no. Um, the reason I'm sort of... Of building up to this and then he says they've got a slightly bigger deal that can happen a payroll truck is going to be driving somewhere with a whole bunch of pay money in it and, they and that'll be worth a, a quarter of a million a piece Yay! each Woo! yeah that's so my I, impression of this film the member was a bit weirded out by this but i actually had to work that out i was you like really had to do the okay. maths on this so they earn 15 percent. let's assume that cuts the same on the bigger job mm-hmm. okay for each of them to be able to score a quarter of a million dollars on a 15% earning, that truck has to be carrying $1.7 million in money. Oh, I thought the quarter of a million was just a flat fee regardless of percentage. Yeah, oh, Callum, right. yeah Callum and I couldn't agree on this one. So they were going to get a quarter of a million no matter what it was. I thought. I assumed the boss a bit more, but the underlings mm. quarter mil. Well, okay then, because in that case, because it still means that at the very least, I mean, even if each of them As gets... Callum goes with his calculator. Tries to wake up his phone. Hey, there's one on your wrist. Oh, it is, but it's very, very small and fiddly. It's just like the kid in Fortress. Uh, yes, yes, with the calculator watch. <laughs> um, so 
even if we assume then that the leader gets exactly the same amount, that's still one point five million. Now they've just robbed a bank for a hundred grand. It must have a been one point five million. That's a hell of an increase. But in if there. you're talking about like did nineteen eighty three, were people still paid in cash then? Because it's a pay. I think it's a pay roll. Okay. Yeah. All right, that would make because what we worked out is that that would be the equivalent of about four million dollars in in current money. So it does seem like they were basically upping their game quite a bit, fairly but, substantially. But it it wasn't ridiculous amounts, no. and it could just be that. And it's like oh, there's a lot of tradies in the film at summer holidays. They've got a lot <laughs> to get done, apparently. And this could have been a test case for them too. You know, if you pull this one off, I've got some sweet, sweet deal for you because all the guys are ready to just go off and spend their money they say we'll be back in a few no the, this deal a uh, payroll job is in two days yeah because... but that's the point one of the guys says oh well after we've spent this money we'll be back in a couple of weeks and we're ready to do whatever you want and he goes no 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 no, no. this is two days we're talking about they obviously aren't used to earning vast amounts of money They're, the fact that they reckon they can I was trying to say uh, that they were doing the gig in two days because it was like a bumper time for this to happen. Like there was a whole lot more money coming in on this occasion than usual. Was that our first actual fight on the re- on this? Well, You're the one who does all the well, editing. On the show? Yeah. yeah. Have you forgotten the Valentine special? No, that was a disagreement. That was a, that was a disagreement in principles. That was because you guys just didn't... Get that. <laughs> you know, oh. Anyway, right there. Okay, right. So they have done the uh, bank heist. <laughs> They're discussing the payroll job. Oh, I love his explanation. So we have boss man, whatever his name is. Oh, what's the actor's name? Um, uh, Brian Marshall. Brian Marshall. So we've got Brian Marshall saying, explaining in great detail how this job is going to be pulled off. <laughs> he has a toy truck opens the back of it and the van with all the money goes inside the truck that's end of explanation that's all we need on a totally flat surface no map no suggestion where this is going to is it front or rear wheel drive that vehicle we can do better what have you uh, got in mind payroll jobs hey after a couple of weeks spreading this around we will be ready for anything i'm talking about now you dummy we hit the day after tomorrow we're doing okay. What's the hurry? Are you questioning my judgment? Yeah. Now, I've had information that a particular payroll is going to jackpot this week. The pickings won't be this good for a long time, so it's a now or never situation. What's it worth? Quarter of a million. <laughs> Each. Uh, how do we plan to get it? The money? Us. Uh, basically, making the hit isn't a problem. Getting away is. The payroll truck is radio controlled, which is where this little beauty comes in. All the way from the US of A. This puts us one step ahead of the law. Now, this is a sample that has been specially fixed. So that we hear them, but they can't hear us. Now, without one of these each, we can't do the job, and we all kiss goodbye to a fortune. I arranged for a load of these to be brought in by ship last night. Now, they all need fixing like this one. So picking them up is top priority. Now, that's your job. They'll be at the regular drop zone. Now, 
We need a furniture van, minimum three metres wide, eight metres deep. There is, gentlemen, a great deal at stake, and we don't have a lot of time, so give it your full attention. Anyone who screws up deals with me. I've just realised he obviously went to the same school of demonstrating technique as the people who worked out how the car crashed at the beginning of the Cars at 8 Paris, where you just drive a Hot Wheels truck, a Hot Wheels car. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, well remembered. <laughs> oh, another entry in the shared exploitation universe. <laughs> as is, this is together. the manly chapter of the same costume master ah. who will. In a couple of years, go and rob. Um, go and rob fortress. Yeah, or go and rob the. the... I could totally see David argue ending up in the Carsonite Paris world because he's mental. Oh, he. Well, David argue is not, not the person. Crazy in every one of these films we've seen yes. him in so far. In fact, the only film that I can think of with that I specifically remember David argue being in and being normal is one that probably won't come on here because it's not Hercules really Returns. Hercules Returns. <laughs> God, that movie's good. So good in that film. But, you know, Razorback and this, and there's nothing Mental as anything, so to nutty speak. crazy. Like, he, did he ever do stand-up comedy or anything? He seems like know. he would be oh, a really cool character person. actor. I don't... Yeah. I haven't come across anything that said that. He's also in one from the WTF basket, which is Pandemonium. Pandemonium? Yeah, he plays two roles in that. Which one's that? That's when there is a cult surrounding a... Girl who was not eaten by a dingo several years ago, and there are Nazis involved. And okay, this sounds oh. fantastic. When can we watch this? I don't mean like real real world Nazis like we've got now. Again, we're talking back. Why when, do we have those? But yes, we're talking back in that period where Nazis were just safe to cartoon about. Yes, because, yeah, absolutely. Because because bad if people. you can't say Nazis are the bad guys, what has happened to our world? It's ah. Oh. Once it managed to avoid getting punched by Indiana Jones. So when we first see Nicole Kidman, she's collecting trolleys. That she's working her summer job. Hmm. Have you ever seen a trolley girl IRL? I've only ever seen boys. Oh, I've I've seen at least one. One? Okay. Oh, that was your point. Because I was I thought you were just asking, have you ever seen a trolley person? And I've never seen an actual trolley what? person. Well, no, I've seen people who are shop clerks who get sent out every now and again to pick up the trolleys. But I've never seen anybody solely employed just to go and retrieve well, trolleys. Well, I've seen... Really? Squillions, yes. Just to go and... Yes. Yeah. Actually, sorry. Yeah. Really, like, yes. all the time. You're absolutely right. Oh, you really saw her do Sorry, this. I have no idea what happened to my brain this then. Just let's <laughs> collect trolleys and get fired. We don't know if she had any other duties. Oh, God, yes. When that, so, oh, and I just hate saying this, but when the fat kid goes up to Nicole Kidman and is being annoying, he says, hey, Mole. I originally thought her name must be Molly. No, he's just calling her a mole. Yeah. Well, apart from the problematic fat kid thing, he's just plain old a jerk. Yeah. Yes. But then he comes good at the end, but there's no arc to sort of explain that. There's... he is a one-dimensional character. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, there's they, not, not a lot of depth. Are. Oh, well, my God. There's the sexy one, the girl, and the funny one. They, oh, both boys are funny. Mm, both boys have got a have got a witty repartee. There are some actual good the quotes best. in this film oh, that yeah. got actual giggles. I was pleased with that. Did you think the same? I thought especially when the boys got going with each other, they got a good banter going. Mm. 
Yeah, Goose in particular gets lines very similar. I mean, I, I remember saying he's, he was a bit like Xander in Buffy the series. You know, he was the funny one. He had some very quick lines. He didn't necessarily always land them well. But, yeah, he was obviously, you know, bang, bang. And there seemed to be some kind of, like, comfortable dynamic between the two boys. Yeah, I thought so. I really like with the two boys bring a little boat up to meet Nicole Kidman and they throw a rope to tie it up. Hey, where'd you get this? It came with the boat. And the boat? We looked on the end of the rope and there it was. (laughs) (laughs) Which was kind of cool. So I have always pictured Nicole Kidman as a very tall actress. Did she have a growth spurt after 16? Oh, she could have done. She could have done. She wasn't crazy tall in this. She was. She certainly didn't I mean, seem to be. And, and no offence, because I, I, I love Tom Cruise. I think what he does, he does very, very well. Tom Cruise is short. She was often next to Tom Cruise. So there may yes, have been... Yes, but she's made a lot of movies that aren't with Tom Cruise as No, well. absolutely. But I would imagine that we would be getting a slightly skewed concept of exactly how tall she is if her constant photographing specifically next to someone. Because, I mean... I don't know why, but I'm picturing her and Ewan McGregor. In mm. that one. Yeah. Well, that's, Rouge. that's it. Yeah. Actually, that's a really good point. But she wore heels a lot in that too. She wore very, very tall heels. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, she might be quite... Yeah, some people do grow more after 16, so mm. it could just be that. I had a growth spread at 21, which was weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah according to this, she's 1.8 metres tall. So What's that in the old school? Is that bang on six? It's six just foot? under six. Just under six. That's pretty tall. Yeah. Cool. There isn't a single responsible adult in this movie. Nope. No. No kid has a parent. Well, the uh, fat kid (laughs) mentions a parent. That's it. Yeah, and all the parents do is just apparently give him money. Yeah, yeah, it's so bizarre. And also another little bit of weird mess. Can we just say so very very quickly? The kids lose Nicole Kim in the job and trash their own bikes in the process, but that's okay. Everything will be fine. She she gets over losing her job really fast. They then find the walkie-talkies that are meant to be used for this heist sell them off to just everyone they know. I loved how they picked their market. They just picked a price of what they thought people could afford. Yep, yeah, which was, was good. good. I like that. And then somehow can afford three brand new BMX bikes and three full sets of matching gear out and of And their BMX Bandits t-shirts. Uh, now, we went looking for this because we <laughs> saw that the most they sold one successfully for was 30 bucks when they sold one to... That's two. right. Ugh. The fat kid. TFK, okay. can we just call him something else? Just because call him the jerk because the I jerk. think that's... Okay. I think we'll call him the jerk. That's far less shaming because he's... So the most they sell is 30 bucks for the jerk. Now, I'm pretty sure BMX bikes at the very least would have been 90, 90 to 100 They didn't get three then. bikes, so the two boys were still fixing their bikes. So they, they got, got repaired. Okay, right. And they were still fixing them themselves. They were still working on them. So Nicole ah. Kipman got her new bike. They all three got some new gear. Yep. And the boys got spare parts or repairs. Right. Okay, that makes... Okay, I'm a, little, I'm a little happy now because they would have had to sell a shitload shirt of uh, walkie talkies. Yeah, I, I thought of that too. And was, there's only so many in the gang. Yeah, and they kept three for themselves. Three? Three walkie talkies for themselves. Yeah, that's right. So how many, the box wasn't and huge. It wasn't, and those, but those walkie talkies are. Yeah, well, they're really, really <laughs> they're so yeah, I have a feeling we might have a, a Need for Speed runway length discrepancy. Oh, uh, I think we, you're probably right there. Maybe you can only get them in a job lot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so they sold them that. And this is where we get the title from. Because they walk out with t-shirts that say BMX Bandits. And it's just never explained. 
we we don't know if it's a brand that was on the shelf. We don't know if they've specially decided they're going to become the BMX Bandits. They're just the BMX Bandits in matched gear. So, and this is another bit where I feel it fails against Goonies, is that at least with Goonies, there's a basic explanation of why they call themselves what they're called. Any other kind of group one, the Wolverines from Red Dawn... You oh, know, yeah. the loser club from it. it it's there is at least a very basic explanation of why did Not every time they mention the word walkie talkies make you think of that meme like what if the person who named walkie talkies named oh, everything yeah. <laughs> like cats would be furry purries <laughs> defibrillators hearty starty bumblebees fuzzy buzzy pregnancy chest maybe baby <laughs> Bras, breasty, nesty, and fork stabby, grabby. There are many others, but I'll stop there. Oh, nightmare, screamy, dreamy. (laughs) (laughs) Borrowing that for a film title now. Oh, I like it. (laughs) Oh, just a a quick off topic. This was called Shortwave in America. Yeah. yeah. Do they not have BMXs in America? (laughs) Scrap that. They do. Yeah, because there was also BMX Mania in America at the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's really strange. And it's not like BMX is a brand or anything. Yeah, so I was quite surprised calling it a shortwave. They did get a lot of support from brands. I mean, I personally recognised Mongoose, which was a big brand when we were kids. (gasps) Oh, okay. So, the kids are getting in trouble. They're talking over the walkie-talkies. And the (laughs) cops are overhearing them. And the sergeant and the one of the cops there trying to work it out, and then the lady cop says they're BMXs because they've figured out like Goose and PJ and Powder Puff. Okay, Goose, maybe that could come from Mongoose. PJ that, that comes from nothing. Yeah. Powder Puff is not mentioned before or after in that film. No, Goose is legit. That is, that yes. is an actual slang term. Yeah. Yes. That is the one piece of BMX thing I remember. Wow. And what's it for? Was it... Short Mongoose. It is short, short for The brand. Yeah. I... Oh, God, can I remember any of this? And the kid wasn't... The like, could have been MS instead of PJ, like Melvin Star. Not that yeah. MS has a great rap, remember, really. I can remember monos. That's about it. Yeah. A mon- now, I was convinced a mono was when you were up on your rear wheel because you were oh, on one a- wheel. But then I remember going from one school to another and they thought monos was when you did a big slide, a big kick slide, and you kind of skid the bike sideways to a halt, which does make any yeah. sense to me. I used to know the names of all the various things on the BMX track or the various yeah. things you go through. Yeah. Back when we were little ones. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, Playing California a, games. There used to be a BMX track near where so I true. lived. Did you live near Canberra? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be it. Oh. Yeah. I had a feeling you'd be... Also oh, hang one. on. That's <laughs> the one just off Tuggenong Parkway, wasn't That's it? it the, yeah. the big one on that corner there opposite the petrol station. Ooh. One of the last... No, this, so I can't was, tell you that. This, this was buried between one of the shops and a school. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. Cool. No, the one I'm thinking of was actually quite a large one. That As you were heading north side along Tuggerong Parkway, you would actually pass it as the last intersection before you actually hit part of the main road. And it was actually really big, and you could see it from the street. It led into the back of uh, Fisher. I think we're talking about the same one. Well, mine was nowhere near Fisher. Mm. Okay, I'm talking about Cullen's one then. Yeah, yeah, it was quite. Which how can really I be big. since the first? Yeah, okay, I don't yeah. know anymore. That's right, but it was a really big one. It was like kind of five or six lanes. It was a big, big chunk of space had been used up on that one. But also, there was another little one down there as well. Not little. No, I mean, sounds smaller than yours, but. It... But yeah, no, okay. Oh wow. Well, there we go. Maybe because it was trendy, they were all over the place, and they were decent quality. Because you know, let's give. Kids if Canberra had two kids than... in Manly, would have one surely. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Though so everything I've read or heard since 
says that America pretty much, or rather pretty quickly, went to knowing this as BMX bandits. Yeah, right. Because mm. I looked up American. Yeah, I, I looked up American views. They oh, all say BMX bandits. Yeah. That's actually really, because there was another, I remember reading a piece of trivia about what this film was originally going to be called, and it was something really bizarre. Um, I remember thinking at the time it was, it's a name that's since come out as something else completely, and... um, While you look that up, can I ask a question? So the three kids, it's night time... Two of the bad guys see the... One of the many So the kids run into the cemetery Mm -hmm. and decide to split up. What is the game plan there? It seems like that would only work if they run around and, like, the bad guys would just give up after five minutes. You've got to think that was the game plan. (laughs) Okay, right. Because there was no, all right, we'll split up, we'll get to this point. If you're in trouble, do this. It was just, we'll split up so they can't catch all of us together. It's like... Wouldn't it be better to be together? Like, you just have a bit more strength, force. Mm. I think they haven't quite worked out through an adventure movie yet. No. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah fair, fair. Yeah. They could have been in a horror movie at that point. As a time, Water Rats was oh, the Water other Rats. name. Oh, Water Rats, that's right. You and said I remember that. thinking, oh, my God, because, of course, Water Rats was a very big series in the mid to late 90s, Water Police in Sydney. Sydney. I, I, definitely Sydney, but possibly Australia-wide Water Police, are known as Water Rats. So. David Argue grabs one of the kids and says, don't move a muscle, Spartacus. Yeah. Why? Or Moustache does that. But yeah, one of them. Oh, or Moustache. One of them. Yeah, he grabs Angelo. Um, Angelo D'Angelo. PJ. Uh, yes. And says, don't move Spartacus. There's don't move a muscle, Spartacus. Some interesting things in there. I just expected someone else to jump up and say, no, I am Spartacus. <laughs> like, I was just... I didn't know what was... Oh, or was that just, I'm trying to sound smart? Or possibly PJ's the good-looking one. Like I said, you've got the funny one. Was Spartacus good-looking? Well, Spartacus was all muscly and 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 stuff. And and PJ, I don't know whether they actually reference it very much, but PJ, the actor, is he has obviously very... Build. Yeah, and he's, he's very dark-skinned and... Uh, and has the shortest thing. shorts on you've ever seen. Oh, those shorts. 1980s shorts. shorts were bad. Yeah. Yeah. Another friend of mine just posted a picture of himself and a friend from the 1980s, and they're shorts. Oh, uh, Lord. I really don't know how. Well, no, I do know how. It was all thanks to Budgie Smugglers, but how we didn't just end up revealing it's full out. Yes. That's right. They're very short shorts. Yeah, I think PE teacher shorts. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that said, though, when they do get their kit, very safety conscious. We saw oh, that. Yes. yes. Right from the word go, they've got oh, full masks. Uh, the helmets. helmets, they don't. Oh, that some have elbow pads. I don't think they have knee pads, no or just knee some pads. have knee pads. And then when they get in the little boat, the two boys have already got their life jackets, life jackets yeah. on, and she puts hers on. The first thing she does. Mm-hmm. It's a very yeah. safety conscious film. I was really surprised yeah. by. It. But also passively, so they don't turn to the camera and say, "And remember to put your helmet, mask, and pads." On. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in fact, that was something that really struck out only because it made an appearance at the very end. Oh, except but only with the kids, because there was no bad guys making a. Point to put the seatbelt on. No, well, stuff. I was going to say that's a seat, yeah. And we had the guy who didn't have a driver's license, we had him driving. Mm. Yeah, no, the... Uh, so right safety the, for children. Yeah, right at the very, very end is when you get the announcement, these were all filmed in, in stunt conditions, don't do it yourself. Whereas these days, you know, you see the Fast and Furious film and there's massive warnings on the front of don't ever dream of even thinking about doing this, keep it on the road. And if you've ever played video games where you've got car driving in it, 
Yeah, there was like one little warning right at the very end of you. Yeah, yeah, don't do this. Don't, don't imitate yeah, this. Yeah, try not to. It didn't even have that this was on closed roads. It was just these were professionals. Filmed under conditions, yeah. Of course, yeah. the other thing about protective masks is they cover the face if you want to get a stunt rider in. Oh, yes. If you try, if you have an 18-year-old boy playing a 16-year-old girl, There is actually a couple of shots where you quite clearly see that Nicole Kidman is possibly called Barry Kidman. There's one in particular where they cycle towards a point and then the car comes screaming around and then they hang a quick skip this there is and in come back. a chase scene. Oh, wait, and that's the whole film. That's a very bulky Nicole Kidman with a very <laughs> square jaw at that point. Yeah, you can... Cop a good look at his face too during when she first gets her kit and goes on the ramp. Ah, oh, okay. yes, okay. Of oh, course, she did learn to uh, ride BMXs for this, but I just don't know to what level. Mm. She actually did sprain her ankle when she jumped mm-hmm. in the grave, though. Yeah, and she was terrified she was going to be sacked from the film. Oh, because oh, that's awful. She couldn't ride after that. Oh, balls! Wow. And Brian Trenter's just. Brian Trenchhead Smith assured her that uh, she was there for her acting ability, not her BMXing. Yeah. Which is also slightly a backhand. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's, <laughs> that's bizarre. Do 16 year olds know what a backhanded compliment is? <laughs> that that one does. Because <laughs> there's a very similar story with Princess Bride. Which is that Carrie Elwes in one of his first first days of filming was actually playing around between takes on a massive quad bike with Andre the Giant because that was how Andre the Giant used to get around and he actually broke his foot Ow. and was convinced that he was going to get sacked because it was oh. like his first big gig and he kind of sort of hid it for a couple of days trying not to sort of or hid it for a while trying not to sort of get in trouble. Uh, and in fact, there's a sequence where he first meets up with Princess Buttercup again. And he goes to sit down against a rock after they've escaped, and he kind of puts his leg out really awkwardly, and that's oh. actually when his toe's still broken and very, very sore. Ooh. Almost happened on Doctor Who, too. Oh, Which really? One? Katie Manning, the aforementioned married to Barry oh. mm. she assumed until she was cast she would get to wear her glasses on screen. Oh. And they said, oh, you have to take your glasses off to your hackers and wear glasses. Oh, you're sure? Because I can't see very well. No, no, just take your glasses off. It'll be fine. Okay. Roll them. Smack tree. <laughs> oh, dear. Fortunately, well, she was fine, but this did start the tradition of the doctor leading her by the hand. Could she not get contacts? That's hilarious. Well, she probably could, but not that day. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's... Mm. And Christopher Lambert, famous actor from the 1980s in Highlander and stuff, had this amazing scowly stare because he was apparently incredibly short-sighted and with oh, right. glasses on set. What are you? What are you, you idiot? I'm an idiot. What do you think you are? That's right. What? What can you drive? Nothing. Nothing. You couldn't even drive a baby's pram. No. You couldn't buy drive a fridge, could you? No. You couldn't drive my grandmother into a grave. Can I tell you a fact about the cinematographer of this film? Please do. John Seal. He won an Oscar for The English Patient. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wow, it's amazing where some of these people get to after. Yeah, after we're done. Where is the two boys, Angelo D'Angelo and James Lugton? Yeah. Angelo D'Angelo was in one other film, mm. sort of around the same time, but I didn't 
see anything about those two. James Lockton was really likeable, I thought. You see, well, I thought he was really good for the, the wisecracking smart aleck. And in fact, when I saw this as a kid, he was the one I wanted to aspire to, quite aside from the fact that he's the slightly skinny white kid. That kind of quick wit, the defence of, yeah. of, you know, being the nerdy one. Although, you know, you're still massively fit and healthy and ride BMX bikes halfway around Australia in, in an afternoon. Well, did uh, you around Sydney three times. He's in one of the making-ofs, closer to the present day. Oh, oh cool. And he actually seems still pretty likeable now. He's, he's, not, he's not doing that sort of... The, Oh crap! This is a thing I did in 1983. I'm so embarrassed. He's owning it. And... Yeah, he's he's happy to talk about it. He, he does kind of look like someone just gave Goose some older person hair. To be honest, he oh wow, that's much. really cool. There's no who is that guy? Oh, there he is. His voice kept sounding really familiar to me. I'm just like, is that just what 15 year old boys sound like? I, it's I don't very, know. It's very nasally. Nasally. You can't hear. Is it nasal? You can't hear your own voice. That's true. But well, I can, because I we listen of, to the podcast. Well, this is true. But I kind of get the impression he's got a very similar delivery to the way I deliver as well. It's quite a... Quite yes, a but you think you one. sound like Kermit the Frog. I do sound like Kermit the Frog with a head cold. do not. Okay, all right. I'll take that then. But it's interesting, the cinematography, because I actually noted during the sequence where they drive the van into the bank... They actually film that sequence in slow motion, smashing through the picture window. And there's an artifact that you can see, which is that the light is flickering, which is a... Oh, this, yeah. It's an artifact of filming slow motion in the classic way, which is you simply speed up the film. Yeah. Uh, and what happens is, is that the speed of the film that you're running through gets closer to the flickering frequency of any incandescent bulbs mm -hmm. or fluoro lights. So if you're using standard lighting... To, well, back then, obviously, you do a lot of it digitally now. But if you were using standard lighting, didn't light it eh, properly, but didn't light it carefully, you would end up getting this very weird dark and light and dark and light and dark and light that you could see. I didn't notice that so much. It, it was one shot, and I was only... I don't even know why I noticed it. I was just looking in the corner of the frame, it and it just... Or they might have cleaned it up for the Blu-ray. Well, this is true as well. Oh, good point. Because we, we watched <clears throat> the DVD, but it also had the... What's yeah, the called? aspect ratio was slightly out and I couldn't get it to fix the it. The black... Yeah, the, the black bars top and bottom were kind of... Vibrating. Yeah. Letterboxing. Mm. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, the Blu-ray Blu is pretty well put together. Cool. Oh, I'm jealous there you got were... to listen to the director's commentary. There were some sequences that were out of focus. Were there any noticeably out of focus on the Blu-ray? Not noticeably. Okay, cool. Sweet. It must have... Oh... Like, some movies you don't want extra clarity. Uh, <laughs> like, Nicole Kidman's stunt person must just have been extra Oh, yeah, obvious. must have really stuck out. Oh, yeah, that's probably why I spotted him so easily on the ramp thing. Because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's been cleaned up to 1080p. And mm. Yeah. Let's face it, Brian Trenchard-Smith, when he made this, probably didn't think people would be freezing in high definition. No, exactly. No. years later. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, we, the future um, is unforgiving, isn't it? I saw the high-def version of the X-Files when they re-released the X-Files. They've done an amazing job on those. They've actually widescreened them in a way that doesn't look unnatural. But the very first episode, uh, one of the, there's a big reveal about a particular character is a shape in the woods. And in the original, you don't know until the very end because of the way that it's all been shot. But once you get into high def, it's so clear it's his face right from the very start yeah, because right. the shadow is not has not just made him a black shape anymore. He's quite mm. clear and well-defined. But yeah, sorry, director's commentary. We were... Uh, commentary anything any really interesting juicy tidbits from that one of the things he keeps going back to is that he was thinking of this in terms of the ealing comedies of the 1950s and 60s yes i read that too and i didn't know what the ealing comedies were of the 50s that and 60s. makes sense with British, some of the British comedy because yes. the sound effects yeah. stuck out a bit but very much a counterpart oh. to the kids get the hijinks after school thing we were 
talking about earlier. It was definitely the, I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for their meddling kids. Really? Yeah, and the sort of fairly low stakes danger where there's ostensibly a threat of death, but really there's not. Yeah, I remember thinking that because there were a couple of bits in the film. You're right in the poo now, sister. Wow. Yeah, and there was something about, oh, I'm really liking it being the bank robbery. I'm loving spending time with these, I want to say Sheilas, because, only because that's what you imagine David Argue would say. When they very noticeably, intentionally did it in Fortress, the moment of that kind of interaction with the girl on a sort of a sexual yeah. level, it must be very difficult sometimes to put a level of menace in there without it carrying that sort of Which is why he made tone, it so is, caricature. Yeah. And it's such a... Bumbling, yeah. idiotic crooks. You know, and in the midway of pressuring her, they decide to stop and have a little conference, which... Yeah, yeah, very much probably does. seldom do. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. I've not been in the situation, and and maybe our director did a lot of research. But stealing walkie-talkies from criminals and just seeing how they reacted. Yeah, talk, that, yep, no, so look, that, totally along those it. lines, yes. method, you reckon. Very yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A director's method... <laughs> Yeah, you can often say there's, there's things he do yeah. he do differently, but also is of the well I've made it and it's staying made. Yeah, well, uh, cool. uh, yeah, exactly. What can you do? He's surprised that he got as much threat of violence as he did through the G rating. Threat of violence? Oh, sorry, the, the, as much threat of sorry. I thought you were saying people threatened violence on him. Because oh, right, of rating. right. No, so so as much threat of violence and still made it G. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> I suppose it is very. It was a very innocent film. Yeah. The threats of violence, I thought, were quite mild, but most importantly, there was no threat of sexual violence. Very true. The closer you get to sexual anything, is just that them blagging over the radios. This is Judy. I'm on the top of Beacon Hill. Anybody there? This is PJ. Do you read me? I might if you've got some interesting bits. Oh, nothing but interesting bits. Wait till you hear the story of my life. When I was born, the nurse looked at my... Some other time, she's not into the X-rated material. This is my childhood I'm talking about. It doesn't get X-rated till I was 12. Charming. He was a late starter. OK, when did things pick up for you? I'll let you know when it happens. What is this? True confessions? OK, let's get to work. OK, see you soon. Frankie, if that's the worst a 15-year-old says. Yeah. Yes. And that opening sequence where they do almost Benny Hill level, uh, knock a dummy into the... Gro- uh, uh, the, the mannequin to the priest. Face, the, the smacking of the, the back of the backside of the... Which is actually kind of a little bit... I did actually... When that happened. But yeah, they sort of slapped the ass of the, the woman who's been over. Dummy. And, oh, maybe it was a dummy. I, I like that. I thought it was yeah. one of the kids too, but I, I really like it if that was the dummy. I'd really like that too. Yeah, that'd be great. It's a dummy terribly, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> First it slaps someone's bum, then it's, you know, got us growing around the priest because, goodness me, imagine sexual impropriety from a man of the cloth. Oh, oh, this my is not the right day and for that Especially on this day, yes. But the priest just walking down the street with an inane smile whistling mm. to himself. And did you see... There was such a weird dynamic because he cops the dummy and then grins about it a little bit before he acts impropriated to did whatever you would do. Turns to the woman who looks back at him and she smiles. It's I kind of would have imagined to be and but they play it for like this almost pleasant interaction between the priest and another woman. It was so it was nice. It was it was very gentle and sweet and I was like wow I would never have he's meant to be very gentle I believe Mm. 
tries to say BMX, I guess. Is what yeah, yeah he says BMX and something else. But it, as they as they cycle down the escalators. Yeah, that is Brian Trenchard Smith's son. son, who in his grown-up form joins him on the commentary. Hey! Oh, that's adorable! <laughs> yeah, and the aforementioned son's wife, too. It's really nice. Wow. Well, hey. They talk about the part where the... BMX part in the mall, <laughs> but... They just sort of stick around and comment on the rest of the movie. Oh, that's really oh, awesome. that's adorable. That's pretty cute. If if you ever watch Goonies, they did a a commentary with the remote. That sounded like a sonic screwdriver. Yeah, they did a a commentary with the remaining living members because unfortunately Sloth had already passed at that stage, and it's like a giant reunion. They actually yeah. it, it was so much fun. They actually had a camera filming, not just the voices, but they were all sitting on a couch and they were all just. Occasionally they talk about the film, but it's just all of them, you know, saying how great it was and how wonderful the experience it is. So, yeah, the Goonies actor cast commentary is really, really good. I have to check that. I have to watch the Goonies properly. I don't think I've watched it since 1985. Yeah, right. Oh, wow. That's that's so amazing to me because I, I still I still roll it out every now and again. It's such because a great film. You would have been eight. And I would just like to say that the piece of music in the opening sequence is very, very good and is a good driving song. It's the oh, Fratelli Chase. Oh my god, the song from all the kids, the chase scene with all the kids when they're loaded up with flowers. The song in BMX Bandits for that. Oh, it's just so special. I was expecting it to be Bride of the Valkyries. Or um, We're Not Gonna Take It. Yeah, I totally thought We're Not Gonna Take It was coming. He's used in Iron Eagle, which is another one of those group of kids get together and uh, and do something amazing. And, of course, it's in no way used in Clive Palmer's ads. Mm. TM. Those I haven't seen. Oh, how have you missed them over YouTube? Do you have eyes? Holy crap, I am... She has four of them, look. I want your... Speaking of the songs, that boys' song. Right. That was a bit weird. The lyrics on that are very yeah. strange. I kind of cringed a bit through it that. It had a bit of the Valentine's special song. Mm. <laughs> we should probably have some music here. Here's the one song we purchased the license for. Let's crank it out again. Yeah. And mm. it didn't really seem to fit, especially when you listen to the lyrics. Mm. No, it was weird. It was like, my body has grown up, but I still dance with boys, dance the same way with boys, more about boys, boys, they're everywhere, boys. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it, it's very strange. Because, so, there is one point where Goose kisses Nicole Kidman very quickly, he tries to do it again and she moves her head away, and then it's discussed that she possibly thinks PJ is hotter, and she's like, well, you're both attractive in your own ways, and it was quite nice. But that was the only sort of nod to sexual awakenings or anything with the kids. The only thing that was even vaguely close was Two's Company Three Gets Us Talked About. I loved that. <laughs> Callum just I actually wrote that down. I'm like... And was like, how really? old are these people? I'm just like, oh, you were 16, come on. you. But no, what I actually asked was, sorry, how old were they meant to be in the first draft of this was, script? Because Oh, well, it was entirely rewritten since they weren't yeah, nine anymore. I liked the gender equality of this film. Yeah. I mean, sure, there is only one chick, but... <laughs> <laughs> There's two if you count the girl policemen. Oh, that's true. And that weird little dynamic that she and the other the other yeah, constable, the constable have. It's so yeah. nice. They just seem to be really yeah. I mean, well, they've got a thing going on. That's yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. yeah Brian Trench goes to 
<laughs> detail about that in the commentary. Oh, really? Yeah. I wonder how much is meant to have been kind of maybe fleshed out a little bit and we just have to take the very basic... Um... Oh, hang well, on, they sorry, had a million dollars. Or the characters. The characters. Okay, the characters, cool. Yeah, yeah, I got that from the character. Well, they, I mean, you know, they she had plenty of money to explore things further. Brian Trenton-Smith talks about how clearly he's enjoying the attention and enjoying the sandwich. Oh. Oh, between the three of them? No, he's talking about the male constable. Hmm. Um, oh, the, the, his physical sandwich that he's eating. Right, okay, yes, I see where you come from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not the other kind. Because <laughs> there was a line in this that I thought was sexist, but I did a little looking up and doesn't seem to be. So when the kids are selling the walkie-talkies, there is a girl that asked if it comes in different colours. But this it's a reference to the TV programme The Inventors, which was like the previous version, you look like you want to say things. So please. All right. Precursor to the new inventors. And there was one of the panellists would always ask, does it come in any colours and is it safe for the kiddies? And apparently that was referenced a lot on Australian TV at the time. So it wasn't just a girl saying, is it pink? Yeah. yeah, I was pleased with that. Because the other thing about this is it does strike me as, as one that would be grounded in its time, and I wonder how much we now don't necessarily get that we would have got at the time. Yeah. Like, there's a sequence... I mean, there's little nods to things that I do remember from the period. I mean, like I said, uh, you know, Mongoose brand bear mixes, I remember them. Move milk in those particular oh, yes. containers. Obviously, all the, the arcade games that are in behind them in the, in the cafe. Didn't that cafe look like a... What did I call it? You called it a fixer cafe or something. Yeah, a fixer cafe. So, like, when you go and, like, all the tools are there and so you can just gather with other people and fix things together, that's what it looked like to me. I like it. We did have... Judy was already starting to tinker with parts when she was there. Yeah, yeah. And she is just absolutely... There's no girl, she can't do it. She is absolutely... Mm at least equal to the two boys and then oh. they're just like show us your moves now she's got her bike and, yeah. and she does yeah i i liked that about it a lot yeah so it's only the absence of bike which has prevented her from giving exactly. any of those moves so far exactly. and then she says right from the go she's saving up to get the bike so uh, yeah um, so she must have had one previously and something happened and like i said she wins the biggest trophy in the closing credits she's got the big one at the very very end so yeah I did like the Minder t-shirt. I like the... Oh, I was wondering what the bloke's t-shirt was. So that was Minder, was it? Was David Argy's yeah. t-shirt. Yes. Did you happen to catch what the text was on it? Uh, the Arthur Daly's side certainly said, he's all right. I don't, couldn't oh, find yeah. the text mm. on the other side. Uh-huh. No, no doubt uh, catchphrase there as well. But, of course, a nod to the subtle or I don't know, to the the boss being from that supposed part of the And acting very much... I mean, if he wasn't a mobster, he would have been a, a used car salesman. He really did exude that... His little speech about he came over from England, that was all ad-libbed. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? What? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's great. Yeah, that wasn't in the script. He just went with it. It was just so perfect. Because the one thing I noticed about that is there were a couple of times it would easily, could easily become very sweary. And he didn't even look like he was fighting words. Poo? Probably. Yeah, I think so. I don't think there was a single... Nicole Kidman's character, Judy. Oh, yeah, that was dreadful. Yeah, times, I guess. So the criminals get the box back, which they think has the walkie-talkies in it, and they take Nicole Kidman hostage with the bad guys a couple of times previously. The um, I think on both occasions that it's... 
Goose. Who, oh, it's, it's Goose's, yeah, it's Goose's thing. What thing he does. about, oh, I saw this movie and just blood, guts, mutilation, mm. blah. And I, I love this mad film. Oh, I want to see the three movies these kids talk about. What is it like? Kiss my car, uh, kiss the one, blood off my carburetor or something. One of them was something like Blood of the Dead or something. I can't remember what it was, but it is actually a series blood of, of the films. Damned, which are all like, I think. Uh, yeah, and it's actually part of a series. There are a series of films with that name that are terrible. They're like, you know, 1.7 on Rotten Tomatoes and stuff. Oh, that's on impressive. On the commentary, Brian Trenchard Smith is, he listens to the summary for a bit and goes, I want to go back and make that film. Again. <laughs> oh, perfect. I think he should. Because <laughs> um, there's another movie that came out a few years later in the States called My Science Project which actually had a character that did a very similar thing who would continually was played by Fisher Stevens and would continually reference movies that he'd seen and things yeah. that he'd seen and there's actually a bit about halfway through where he references Christine oh. um, talking about a haunted car that flamed people which is interesting because his, his co-star is actually in the original Christine movie oh, as wow. well so yeah but that was another bit which I also kind of picked as a parallel with Goonies because the bit where she's trapped by the bad guys and telling them this long story that she's just making up. And um, Mustache is totally hooked. Totally hooked. This is the exact plot of 1001 Arabian Nights, but go on. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's the same thing that um, oh, I can't remember his character's name in Goonies does to try and when they're going to blend his hand in the blender, they're trying to get the information Ooh. about where the Goonies are. And so what's the, you know, tell me the worst thing you've ever done and he spins a story about making fake puke and then dropping it over the the top in, in watch under over the yeah, yeah over the, <laughs> and making the fake puke and sort of pouring it over the people in the cinema and like a couple of the gangsters like really heavily into the story and thoroughly enjoying it so yeah we haven't talked about the one thing though what's that two and a half minute advert for manly waterworks oh it was it was a lot less than i thought it was i remember it being a very big part of the film but it was so Callum was saying that he didn't think he remembered much of the film, then realised, oh, it all just was a chase scene. Yeah, so much. <laughs> I, just, I wanted to go back and actually time the big chase where they end up hiding in the garage at the end of the quarry because that was a long chase scene. But, I, yeah, they're just diving bike first into the water slides, uh, taking the bottom pedal off so I didn't scratch. Ah, ah right, nice. Because I actually went to those water slides once when I was very young and oh, hated they're it. still around. Oh, you hated it. Why'd you hate it? I hated it. But for... there were too many cyclists. I hated it for a couple of reasons. <laughs> I had, well, there was, there was that, you know, it was just constant. Was every second person had a BMX, I felt so out of place. First was skinny kid, you know, not particularly comfortable standing there in line with a whole bunch of other people that looked a lot better than I did. Oh. Second was that it was a pool, and I wasn't really comfortable in pool environments. I'd always been a bit kind of concerned about people, you know, getting my head underwater and oh, okay, yeah. up and things. And, of course, you know, when you're talking water slides. But the big reason was that there was the massive rumour that had gone around school that people were sticking razor blades oh, on the insides Lord. of the tubes on the way down. Jeez, you'd have and to be quick, you... wouldn't you? Well, this is, I mean, you know, the logic never applies when you're a four-year-old. That's, when of course, true, yes. Four or seven-year-old. And oh, they gave you a mat to hold on yes, to. Yes, and they had the mats in this um, Yeah, movie. and within a second... bikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and within a second and a half, my mat vanished. And ah. I was sliding all the way down, and I was terrified. So I did one, and it was horrible. I want to go back now. It looks amazing. I um, know. I was thinking, why don't we have all these things for adults, yeah. like no one under 15 or something, where there won't be pee in the water. Adults mm -hmm. can just go and play on water slides. You suggest that adults will get out to pee? I'm hoping. <laughs> Do you know many adults? 
Oh, God. You're right. Well, Maybe I should just say there are women only ones. Because <laughs> men are gross. Oh, nice. <laughs> but the other thing, of course, the manly water slide being the last big kind of tag along with Goonies. Because and it's still the, there. The water slide bit. Oh, sorry, yes. Back to you. Cool. Sorry. Uh, I wasn't sure if you were going to carry with that. No. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it's now called the Manly... It was called Manly Waterworks when I was there, and it's now called the Manly Surf and Slide Park or something, I think it is. Yeah. Um, but no, the last big uh, link with Goonies, because there is actually a sequence in Goonies where they all end up going down a water slide as well. And they have a very similar filming method too. They're in the cave and they get flushed through the system and it's when they drop into the big cabin at the very, very end with the pirate ship. And it's filmed in a very, obviously they don't have bikes, but filmed in a very similar way where the camera actually goes down with them and you see them spinning round inside the tunnel and everything. You just said flush and it reminded me of a disturbing bit in the film. Oh, God, here we go. Well, okay, so Whitey and Mustache have Nicole Kidman. She gives one of them an elbow, runs off. She's chased by Whitey. Mustache is winded. So we see her run off, we see Whitey come, and then there's the sound of a toilet flushing, and then we see Mustache. That didn't need to be there at all. Now, where is the toilet meant to be located in this warehouse? <laughs> I think that may have been one of those, it's a kid's film, let's make... Toilets are funny. Toilet, toilet yeah, humor. Well, that's one of the secrets of the director's commentary revealed to us. That, oh, really? That, yes, toilets are funny, and this is a kid's movie. Oh, well done, Callum. You win. I win BMX Bandits. You win BMX Bandits. Congratulations. Can I also say that the walkie-talkies end up working the opposite way to how the boss describes it? Well, no, because the boss says they need to be fixed so they work in the way that he wants. Oh, I thought he said they were fixed. No, they need to be fixed. So they need to pick them up ASAP and alter them. Oh, okay. I misheard or misunderstood his line. Yeah, you must have picked that because I was actually doing something as we were watching the start and November's like, well, uh, uh, this bit's going to be important, pay attention yeah. to this. <laughs> and yeah, and he does. He actually mentions that the one that he's got is the only one that works the way they want. They need to, yeah, fix the rest. Yeah. So, but yeah, you're right. That did occur to me initially. And very diehard too. Special walkie-talkie that you can only communicate with in the, in the police band frequency. Ah. Um, Sound like I'm ordering a pizza, lady. <laughs> One other couple of just a little little thing. China bear removalists exist, still exist. They're on Facebook. So the removalist truck that they try to escape to the point of foaminess at the very very end, um, <laughs> actually has a picture of a panda on the side, and we just assumed it was some generic pretend brand. Like, um, what's the, what's um, James Cameron's brand? James Cameron has a brand? Yeah, he does. He has a brand he always breaks out. We just assumed it was some generic company. And it turns out they were, and still are, a real company operating out of Sydney. Giant a China bear with a picture of a panda on the side. Slightly weirdly anthropomorphized, so the limbs are all the wrong Well, it was shape. a little bit like Jack Black as panda. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with, yeah, weird limbs. Very true. Uh, yeah, so they exist. They're, they're a real company. So And they're China still bears. around. And they couldn't get anyone to double for the jerk kid in that scene. Oh, really? That's why everything that actually happens is mostly implied. Expand. You actually see actually see a lot less than actually happens. It's, in, it's certainly implied that he crashes and then goes to the ground and comes a cropper. Mm. Oh, okay. 
but you mostly see reaction shots and him getting up because he yes. did a double point. Oh, excellent oh, wow. point. Excellent point. Because there were a couple of sequences through this film and maybe it's just with the sort of the modern health and safety and, you know, you get stunt oh, yeah, this... pay for lying down. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff which was done by the real actors that they would not let them do these days. This movie took, uh, I think, 41 days to make or something purely because there are so many under-16-year-olds and the Oh, they could only film for a certain number. Of... Yeah. But I was thinking of things like, for example, climbing over the clearly genuine steel beamed fence in the cemetery. Oh, the cemetery. They really do climb over the top while they're talking. Yeah. Uh, Waverly um, Cemetery. Ah, You were right. wondering. David Argue kind of face planting into the esky on the boat when the that boat was kind of pulls out. Yeah, that looked real. That looked genuinely like him. And then at the other end, where he's being weird and wavery, and oh, David Argue's he's, awesome. He's I just love being David Argue. So he really seems to he's, be. He's I, the most David Argue ish bloke I know. I want to know which is the closer to the real David Argue. Is it the crazed, bloody, glowing eyed, razorback, wavy psycho dude here? Or is it the really awesome, incredibly sharp guy from Hercules Returns? I want to know the real See, I want to say it'll depend on the drugs of the day, but I don't want to cast those as bad. I should seek him out. I should ask. Well, yes, we can do that. We can absolutely yeah. do that. Because we did get, um, who was it engaged with it last time? I was just really happy that we... Terry Camilleri. That's right. Yeah. That we just mentioned it and just sort of gave us a quick... quick that was lovely, oh, wasn't oh, it? Oh, oh, Terry, if you're still listening. <laughs> Um, oh, God, if anyone's listening after the epic Valentine's wow. yes, Week, we love you. That, that did pretty well. It's already got more downloads than the one before. That's amazing. Good God. I'm so sorry. people like their soft porn. <laughs> then respond to the damn poll, people. I need other people to let them know. She I haven't move. re-watched it, so I can't right. okay. comment. Okay. Yeah, anyway, back to this wonderful, lovely film of shiny happiness and joyfulness. I liked it. It was so... After the last week, after talking about rape in that one and violence in previous ones, this was just so damn wholesome. So lovely. Yeah. It was like an antidote. All right, so first question, yeah. is it exploitation? Nah. Because that was what you are going to ask. It's fringe of exploitation mm. at best, I'd say. There, I have read and heard reviewers who do think it's exploitation. Of course, as we've regressed before, it's not like there's a concrete definition no. that you can plant. But it's like exploitation adjacent because it's got David Argue and yeah. it's got Trenchard Smith. So yeah, it's certainly close to exploitation. It's it's not got the exploitation logo on the box that Umbrella puts ah, on there. Ah, um, yeah, but it does sure. come up if you search exploitation on the site. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and I just, I mean, I guess if we're going to go with the kind of the, the Tarantino basis of, of, you know, you need to have been kind of almost suckered into the cinema. They need to have done something to try and, you know... What do you say? Like at least five times a year, you need to feel like you've been really ripped off. Yeah, and something to, you know, we'll make it for X and sell it for X plus Y. I guess maybe exploiting the BMX culture, if we just do enough BMX-y stuff. So it's... um, There was bits of it that reminded me very much of The Wraith. With the really? car culture, only with the car culture being an insert, like large portions of just racing, no, you know, no storyline, no plot or anything, just simply the cars, and do that with this, but with BMXing. So there's lots of just gratuitous montages of un, you know unnecessary padding, which was just BMX tricks. And I just realised something. Usually I can't stand children. You just don't like BMXs. No, just children. 
in film, they're just generally really, really annoying. True. Whereas this was great. But I, it just reminded me one really annoying moment. So we got all the kids together with their flower and such, and then Nicole Kidman's taken away. And it's only the, our two main heroes that follow. Like, the rest of the kids just hang out and do their flower fight. Mm. Yeah, that's That right. just didn't just... make any sense. There was a T. I will actually mention it now because I wasn't too sure where to mention it. There was a TV series I used to watch as a kid called Secret Valley, which was you mentioned that a bunch of times while we were watching it. Yeah, and it, it felt exactly like this. The basic thing was it was a it had stolen cave. treasure, but there was no cove. <laughs> uh, I believe there was stolen treasure, but there was always this. There was kind always of... stolen treasure in a cove in Secret Valley, wasn't there? I don't remember. Uh, not Secret Valley. Hidden Valley. No, hang on. No, secret. Oh, sorry, yeah, secret. Yeah, secret. Yeah, secret. Sorry. I know a place where it all comes true. I know a valley. I know a valley. My secret valley the world has to see. One place for children welcome from around the world. Please come and share secret valley with me. Ultimate, that's right, oh, yes. Too, My it? secret valley. And it was a camp for kids. And they had another camp which was run... Oh, no, not in the camp. There was a gang of other kids that were being used by an evil land developer who wanted the land for oil or orphanages or <laughs> whatever it was of the, the week. Um, oil run orphanages. And he he was this over-the-top character. He had a, a, a male, grown-up male henchman. Did he say, nyuck, nyuck, nyuck? He didn't say... Like the bloke in this film. Because oh, Blondie gosh. actually says that. Nyuck, nyuck. He... I, I, I would love to know how much of David Argue's character... Oh, sorry, that was Moustache that said that, I think. Yeah, was... yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh, was that David Argue? Was it, oh, sorry, was that Blondie or Moustache? I didn't remember. I was just going to drop Moustache's mm. actor name, John Lee. John Lee, yeah. Oh, sorry, oh, yes. Cool. Yeah. I, I thought it was John But Lee. I would love to know how much of David Argue's script was actually written and how much of it was just David Argue improving because so jumping up and down like, saying i'm an idiot because <laughs> <laughs> he just seems to have this so such rapid fire responses to things yeah Although, he's as great you said, with the writing for goose some of the dialogue was really tight so the year it came it. out this was the fifth highest grossing film in the uk yeah <laughs> this film was actually kind of a hit that's yeah, amazing. it really was. See, I can kind of see that. This is well, perfect. parents would be happy to let their kids mm. watch it. Yeah, the yeah. worst thing that's going to come out is, can I have a bike? Can I have a bike? Can I have a bike? <laughs> it's perfect, nineteen eighties kids' fair, and mm. it is. Especially, this would be when home videos really getting started. That's yeah. exactly this is right. Perfect to stick on at the end of term and stuff. This mm. is yep. perfect to. And oh my god, the, the opening titles were so video-y, weren't they? They were just really classic eighties videos. <laughs> The film was released in the UK The Guardian wrote There's a girl called Nicole Kidman Who's rather good (laughs) That's lovely Just to sort of finish The the Secret Valley Yeah Yeah, uh, Secret Valley Very very much one of those With the exception of a couple of adult characters You know No no growing ups None of that And they would almost always end up in a There is not a responsible adult There's not a responsible adult There's a lot of adults in edges But no actual parents Or No Yeah but each episode would almost always end up with a big water bomb fight or a paint fight yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. a flower fight. And that's what this movie felt like. It felt like a feature-length expansion of an episode of Secret Valley, 
But because it could all have been encapsulated into an episode of Secret Valley, I think a lot of the BMXy stuff was filler. So there we go. That's, I just wanted to finalise. Yeah, the, no, that's the totally on. cool. If, I don't even know whether it's still available, but look up My Secret Valley. If you enjoyed this, there's a lot of stuff. They transpose horse riding in the outback for BMXing in the yeah. city. Yeah, I don't remember anything about that except the title tune. Uh, I, yeah, it does stick, doesn't I it? I remember I wanted to be in that camp. I just remember wanting to be part of that group so badly. God, I don't think that's why. <laughs> I wanted to fit in there. I remember getting a BMX. I got a BMX. I got a red BMX. Did you have a BMX, Dario? I did. The, at the time, me and my friends were under the illusion that BMX was an actual brand. Oh, oh interesting. So you got something that you thought wasn't... Yes, we all had oh, so not th- real BMX Oh, bikes. you thought it was a knockoff. Yeah, we still, was, we you thought like your it. Melvin Star or Mongoose was a knockoff. Yeah, I don't know what put that into it. It's probably just being kids who are dumb, I think. Yeah. yeah or, or maybe this movie. Yeah, yeah. I dimly remember how popular this movie was at the time, too. I remember being very popular, yeah. I do. I, th- I think I even saw it at a drive-in, if memory serves. Well, all those memes go around that if you're a kid in the 80s, you didn't need to go home until the streetlights came on and you were just out on your bikes all day. This is... It's like a retroactive mm. 80s meme. Yeah. And I actually remember thinking <coughs> we were watching the big long chase in the middle that these kids were going for a long time on their bikes. But I remember that when I was a kid, I basically lived with my bike between my legs. If I was out and about, I was riding constantly. And I yeah. remember actually when I got back on my bike about sort of six, eight years ago, got a bike and was going to get fit and healthy. I was like, how the hell did I do this? My legs hurt so And much. then you broke your wrist. And then I broke my wrist. Because um, apparently... Grown-up Callum can't just jump up over curbs like teenage Callum, who was always on his bike curb. In defence of teenage Callum, grown-up Callum's bike was a lot bigger and heavier. But (laughs) no, really, really was sort of I hope it was bigger. You would have looked rather ridiculous. Yeah. But I just remember, yeah, we biked everywhere. We just, you know, we lived on our bikes. Mm. And we may or may not have had helmets most of the time. Oh, God, we didn't have helmets. (laughs) We didn't have helmets. helmets. They came in much later. They weren't compulsory back then, Mm. that's for sure. Stack hats were the big one. They were always, yeah. That, you know, br- oh, that orange walked. stack hat. Yeah. So. Okay, so we've decided exploitation or not. I think it's pre-ausploitation, not pre-meaning before, but pre for, like, the pre-ausploitation audience. Like, this is the kids' My First Duplo uh, introduction. Oh, so it's Fisher-Price ausploitation. It's Fisher-Price, yeah. Fisher-Price... <laughs> training wheels exploitation. That's, it, that's there, we better. Yeah. there we go, perfect. Yes. I was going to say surprisingly competent police chiefs because the one thing we never really touched on was the fact that for all of the failings, it doesn't stick to that classic cliched mould of the police don't pay any attention, the police don't believe. No, the, kids, the, police, the police were police. fine. The police were fine. They were just just they were, they were too nice, obviously. Yeah. But I don't know. What do we think? You've been stupid. You know that. Well, 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 do you? Yes, Sergeant. But you won't do it again? No. No, Sergeant. Hmm. Well, next time you find anything, anything, you bring it to us. Could have been a bomb, for God's sake. Anything. However, uh, if you promise... We promise. We promise. Wait a minute. I haven't finished yet. If you promise me that you won't be as stupid as that again, and maybe, well, we can forget about the whole thing. Oh, great. Hang on, hang on. You're not getting off scot-free. It's what you might call good news and bad news. 
Firstly, all that chaos that you caused is going to cost money. With our luck, that's the good news. However, knowing that these two are around the traps again is of some help to us. There's a reward out from the banks, you know, for information leading to their conviction. You mean we might crack it for a few bucks? Oh, more than a few bucks. If we catch him. If. Look, Sarge, I've got an idea how we might do it. I've had enough of your ideas. Now, you go outside and wait until we can get you transported home. But it's a good one. I've got a better one. Outside. But all we have to do is... Out! All right. Okay. So this is the, the wholesome... All right, so if it is within the camp, then I will grade it to the scale of a ploitation film then, because that was going to be my big sure. thing. Sure. So can we just have a moment for... Hey, there's a BMX bicyclist along the side here. A oh, BMX God. bicyclist! <laughs> and repeats it. It's not just said once. Oh, Jesus. God. And the ability to determine that you're a BMXer because you use a nickname for your mate and reference something. There's one I, word. I wonder if there was originally supposed to be a lot more BMX slang or something. I, I, so, yeah. It's the only thing that makes the cop discussion viable at all. Mm, yeah, yeah. There, there must be because... Because we don't hear powder puff before or after. Yeah. yeah, and I tried looking up if that was some kind of BMX slang, and they got nothing. No, no. It's like she's just got it because they're calling each other yeah, their names. Nicknames. They're calling each other their names. Well, they're not. I mean, they're obviously not called PJ and Goose. Um, yeah, but PJ must be... probably Peter Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> true. And oh my God, Peter Goose isn't the only Goose in film. No, this is true. Well, no, here's my to, first thought. To do fighter pilots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or he made Max come to that. Oh, yes, yes, true, true. Yeah, very true. I just yeah. assume he's a common Australian name. <laughs> uh, yeah, the sound. I have to. I don't know whether we actually mentioned it, but the sound effects are, are, are crazy. The the whooshing noise constantly of the bikes. Yeah. To describe it to you, all, if you haven't seen it or don't remember, every time a bike does a jump or a move or almost <laughs> anything, we get this laser gun yep. sound. Whoosh. <laughs> I've just realised it's like the BMXs are the equivalent of... Drawing a sword out of a scabbard. Or Bruce Lee's hands. Oh, better. If, if Bruce Lee ever waved his hands fast enough to say hello. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And Be these are what the BMXs are like. So. But because it's 1980s, it's a weird laser sound. It's a weird laser it's sound. totally. You can almost imagine it shining off the very edge of a big B on BMX and flickering in three colours. Oh, that just sounds like the intro. All right. I'm going to go first, because uh, I know I'm going to regret it, <laughs> and that probably just makes better listening. There are no surprises here. I really like this film. I liked how just innocent it was after some of the other things I've watched, and I really, really liked the gender equality, well, its version of gender equality, yeah. that... Nicole Kidman was absolutely equal to any of the boys. She wasn't treated as a hanger-oner. She was just absolutely an important part of that group and yeah. completely equal. Even when she was a uh, damsel in distress, she wasn't actually terribly distressed. No, no, she, she was wasn't. She was actually on, on fabulous. All the time. Well, yeah. and she picked up that the thing of just describing a terror a horror movie to get people distracted. <laughs> she was great. And it's a shame the modern day Nicole Kidman won't talk about this film much. 
Oh, really? So I oh, that is and a shame. The only appearance by her on any of the extras on the Blu-ray is from the time of the film's release. Yeah, oh, right. It's a bit of a shame. On Young Talentine, for those who hmm. Oh, yes, I did read that. Oh, God. I don't remember it. I read it. I just love wee little Nicole Kidman with her <laughs> freckles. She is super adorable. And... Hair's possibly this largest. Yeah, the hair, it's... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, none of the kids get ha- hair after the helmets. No, that's I just true, realized. yeah. Mm. But honestly, I'm giving this two and a half wheels. Only? Wow, I'm really surprised. I thought you would give it much more. Why such I'm... a low score? Well, I don't... Go on. Stick to your convictions. <laughs> You liked it. You liked no, it. No, I did. I, I very much liked its innocence. It's, I mean, they had a million dollars. Mm. I couldn't <laughs> see where a lot of it went. No. Like maybe the bubble machine at the end probably sucked it a fair bit. Yeah, the bubble machine at the end where they've got the foam. The foam fertiliser. Yeah, so I always just kept thinking about Back to the Future. Manure! <laughs> I hate manure! <laughs> I just remember the... <sighs> I remembered a TV show, I can't remember which one, but it was set in the past and someone basically invented phone parties. And I would keep thinking yeah. that because I hadn't actually heard of phone parties until I <laughs> read the, yeah, right. And, and it was it was supposed to be one of those, oh, he invented that thing we know so much. Thing, but of course, <laughs> I'd never heard of it. So I think I know one person who's been to a phone party and was never ever going to go again because they got conjunctivitis. Ew. Yeah, it's a bit feral, really. Although the phone does fly over the top of the VB Commodore cars very, very well when the police cars. Why do they keep driving into the phone? Because it's amusing. Yeah, it's it needed Benny Hill music. It, the music it had was bad enough, though. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, you're gonna say. I was nothing. <laughs> you look like you were gonna say something. No. No. So two and a half. Yeah. Two and a half wheels out of two. So this is what's really weird, because I've been, come, I've been coming down quite hard on this one, because I don't think it's revisitable. For me, it's not revisitable the way that something else, like, say, Goonies or, or other But other we movies will test are. this out with the kids. We will test this out with the kids. And because we have accepted that it is on the cusp of a ploitation movie, uh, I am will mark it as such. And I'm actually going to go two and a half tiny, tiny shorts. Oh five. gosh, his shorts are minuscule. So, so I'm actually giving it the same score that you are, even though You're coming at it from different coming angles, from very different angles. Oh, I must just be a bit more easily pleased because I was giving it three and a half leftover homicide hats. <laughs> <laughs> Callum did make a barge ass reference at some point. There was a point where a guy walks out as they were leaving the, the station. There's a guy walks out of one of the rooms, looks almost exactly like barge ass. Well, I'm trying to downgrade again because I think I, I came out, as I mentioned in the last cast, I think I came out too too high in the scoring early on. I was I need to be a bit more... I, I just don't overthink it. I just rate the film I saw. Okay. Love it. Love it. That works well. I overthink as well. <laughs> as is underscored on the director's commentary and is also just visible on screen, if anyone has seen it, when Whitey is impersonating a police officer, the hat he wears is straight out of Homicide, the Australian oh. he, he was like he was dressed as a gangster. He suddenly acquired Suits, a gangster ties, suit. Hats. And then he was dressed the homicide hat. That makes perfect sense. That really works. Was he wearing a tie over his T-shirt? 
I would not be surprised. Uh, I was about to say, yeah. His costume in Razorback was weird ass too, wasn't it? Wasn't there a point? Oh, uh, costuming like in Razorback was just weird ass. Yeah, but I'm just thinking, David Argue, he was wearing like a pink. Was he wearing a pink sweater vest with fluffy bits on it at one point over stockings? Yeah. Anyway, I'd David Argue then. Check, but I wouldn't be legend. surprised. Absolute legend. Yeah, we don't quite have the huge studio of all our past movies playing on screens. <laughs> no. And- and I do know I need to go back and revisit my scores on each of them just so that I can get myself a bit of a more grounded state of where what I'm going to go for. Yeah, maybe we have to update our scores on the um, Facebook or maybe on we'll, the podcast. Well, maybe we'll come up with a post, perhaps. Yep. Cool. Thanks for listening. Ooh. Thanks indeed. Oh, we should use our spinner. To find yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does November get another nice one? Do we maybe have fun ah. doing it? Or are we going to go something horrible and nasty? Are we I don't do mind. Turkey? I've had my BMX bandits. This, you've had your sorbet? Nicole Kidman cleanse. Yes. Nice. I'm, I'm the same. Much as I enjoyed the last bumper episode, I wanted something nice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nice, nice time. All right. Okay, who wants to press the thing? November can. She's close. Spin the wheel. Oh, that's probably the homage era. Don't know it myself. So, there we go. Dying Breed, 2008, about descendants of Alexander Pierce. Oh, Oh, that one! We were talking about it in the last episode. There we are. Fab! So we'll also be chatting a bit, I think, about the... I suppose you called it... Yeah, I called it the... the How exciting! ...era of... Is this when yeah. they, were, they were aware of what it was and therefore began to do nods to its own genre again? 2008. Or? I'm excited. I'm very excited. This will be fun. So... I have to go see if Umbrella's released this. Or oh, I've got it on their streaming. So, well, just very quickly, because what I was going to say was, as well as if you're the kind of person who watches the film ahead of time before you listen to the podcast, and, eh, we've never really been, you know, we'll fill it full of spoilers, but if you don't want to, to watch, that's fine, but, so separate to watching the film, you can also do a bit of research into Alexander Pierce himself because there was, I think, a book actually written about his exploits and there was a part of The Fatal Shore by Robert Hughes that actually referenced it too. Well, Which I have. For the term oh. of his natural life. For the term of his natural exactly. life. That was the one I was that trying too. to remember, yes. So, yeah, for the terms. Mm. So, depending on how deep Gosh. you want to go on this next one, depending on how deep they go, probably not that deep, I would imagine. Um, Are you going to crave stew again? I, it depends on how they cook it. If they make it look as good as they make it look in, in ravenous. ravenous, then maybe I will crave stew. Ravenous makes Callum crave stew. That's weird. Stew ravenous looks so good. Anyway, <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Want to do the outro? Well, yeah. So thank you very much for listening to this one. This has been us talking about BMX Bandits. Uh, I am still Callum. I'm probably November. And I've been Daria. Thank you. Thank you for listening to November Callum and Daria on Podsploitation, editing and production by Daria. You can find the show on iTunes, Spotify, or your podcatcher of choice. Contact us on Facebook, on Twitter as at Podsploitation, or by email to podsploitation at gmail.com. If you would like to support the show and help cover the production costs, donations can be made at paypal.me forward slash podsploitation. Theme music creation time by Kilo Cuts. Find and purchase their work at www.musicbrowse.de. All other material used is for review or illustration only. No claim or infringement is intended, and it remains the copyright of their respective holders. 
no northern supermarket managers were harmed in the making of this podcast. I can't believe my bleating ears. Is this the kind of stuff they let the kids see these days?